0: We are forgiven people. Would you stand with me as I pray for the word of God? Today, Lord, we thank you for another Mother's Day 2022. (laughs) This day will go down in history, never to return, but to be remembered. We thank you right now for blessing us with mothers. Some are still here. Some have passed on. But we remember how good you have been to us. And how gracious you continue to be. We do honor you today and we love you and we thank you for allowing us to worship you. with Instruments, with with voice and hands raised. With being able to honor you. You are a great and the mighty God. Thank you that you give us expression to give back to you in Jesus' name. We love you. We give you all the glory. Now bless the word of God. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to read a few passages. Some are a little bit lengthy. Uh, Just have a quick pause. Is there any milk downstairs? I'm having a cereal attack right now. (laughs) (laughs) See if we have any bowls down there, too. (laughs) I'm going to be reading from the book of Genesis today. I'm going to be reading Genesis 1130, then 18... 9 through 15, and then 21, 1 through 7. I'll give you my title. What's up on the board here. This is how it reads, Genesis eleven 30. I'm going to be just taking parts of some because it's just, it's, there's too much to read in regards to the entire story. Andrew, I want you to know that I see you walking to the bus stop almost every day when I'm going out or in the city or coming in. I, I see you going to the buses. He, he catches the bus and then gets off of Tiburon and walks over to his place. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here every Sunday. And even though at times you have problems with your leg, you are willing to be here and walk. And so the best thing that you can do is exercise. And so God bless you, Andrew. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Shirley and Jerry, how you doing? Sherry, Jerry Williams. Can't be here, but they're on the phone. This is what it says in Genesis 11.30. Our first verse, now Sarai was barren, she had no child. Get that. Now Sarai was barren, she had no child. Genesis 18, 9 through 15. They said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? Her noun has name been changed to Sarah. And he said, she is in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, She'll have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham, whose name was Abram, and Sarah were old. That's what the Bible says. Don't don't put that on me. We're old, advanced in years. The way of women had you had um, ceased to be with Sarah. That means that she was past childbearing age, even though she was barren. And we would say menopause, she was well beyond those years. So Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. I did not laugh. For she was afraid. He said, No, but you did laugh. Like I told you, the Bible just says that. Yeah, you're lying. You did laugh. (laughs) Genesis 21, 1 through 7. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Get that. Abraham was a hundred. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Now get this. Sarah was 90 when she had Isaac. The title is Promises Made by God, Promises Kept. Promises Made by God, Promises Kept. God's promises are always on time. And according to his great plan and purposes. God keeps his promise. He keeps his promises and he keeps keeps his promise. The promises made to Abraham and Sarah were ones to where it would take the power of God to achieve. Get this. I don't care what the time frame is. If God says something is going to take place, it is going to happen. Sarah had a double whammy going on. Should I say that, double whammy? (laughs) But she did. She was barren, and she was old. The Bible mentioned in the first part, back in chapter 11, just to note that Sarah was barren. Uh, Our first point, just three points, and I'm not going to be before you long, the problem noted before the promise. The problem noted before before the problem. And the Lord stating in Genesis, now Sarah, Sarai was barren. She had no child. Being barren during biblical times was a problem for women. Many women did not want to experience experience barrenness. They always longed for children. Even they, while they may have wanted girls, it was always a son that they wanted because the son would per, um, perpetuate the family's name and be able to help take care of the family if the father passed away. It is noted that Sarah was barren, and it is not something that she did wrong. You see, when something happens to us, there is oftentimes the belief that somebody must have done something wrong. There was a, there was a, a, a man in the New Testament where the disciples said, Lord, who sinned, this man's parents, or did he sin, that he was born blind? Jesus said the parents didn't sin, and the belief was that somehow, if something happened in this way, maybe somebody must have done something before birth, but the Lord says, you can't sin really before birth, before you're born. He said, this here is for the glory of God. And the Lord healed a man born blind. There's a song that used to be sung way back in the day when we were kids. God specializes. And he specializes in situations to where people say, there is just no hope. There is just nothing that can be done. That's where the Lord loved. My nephew Josh, who played basketball, uh, he, he, he loved when people would doubt him. He comes from Petaluma, wasn't known, but when he played, people said, who is that kid? And when people said, he's not going to make it, he would take it to heart and he would say to himself, watch and see. (laughs) He would use use it at few to help spur him on. I recall watching the game where he scored 41 points over in Hawaii. Got the name, what was it called, Little Pistol Pete or somebody like that, Little Pistol, or the Pistol. He'd pull up anywhere from the court and hit. But he he longed for the time to where he would get recognition. He was always that player that seemed to go under the radar. But when he played and people saw said, who is he? You see, his daddy and his mama with their chest out. That's my boy. But it was something that he relished. He would take to heart when people said, you just can't make it. But he did. And when the Lord... It's told, you can't do it. It offends God. So that he says, is there anything too hard for God? And it is very interesting that the Lord will oftentimes wait, not only when the situation is bad, but beyond bad. Problems are not always because someone has done something wrong, but so that God will get the glory. So, so that we say, only God could do this. (laughs) If we were to go through all of the details of this story, which we don't have time, you will note that Abraham was born in Ur of the Chaldees, and he was told to leave his home. He had moved to a place called Haran. His father's name was Terah. He had a brother named Haran and Nahor. Haran had passed away, and his nephew Lot, he took under his wings. But the Lord told him, Abraham, I want you to leave your family, and I'm going to take you to a place that you have not known before. And the Lord began to tell Abraham what he was going to do. He says, I'm going to make of you a great nation, you and Sarah. She is going, right, she's there, she's, she's going to be uh, the mother of this new creation, this new thing that I'm doing. When the Lord told Abraham that Sarah, that you're going to be blessed and that I'm going to bless your seed. He said, I don't have a child and the person in my household, Eleazar, he's going to be the one to inherit everything. The Lord says, no, but from you is going to come a child. You see, the promises that God makes for you are for you. They're not for another person. And when you say, Lord, not not me, I'm past age, Uh, you, I can't be used. Use somebody else, the Lord says, no, I've got a calling on your life. And sometimes right now, even some of you may be saying, I'm experiencing something that I just don't see how it's going to work out. And God says, is there anything too hard for me? I want you to trust me. So we note the problem... Before the promise. The problem is that Sarah is barren and she has no child. The mentioning of she has no child deals with that same statement, but it also adds a piece in it in the point that she didn't become barren or stop having children after a child. Sometimes you will read in the Bible, when a woman had a child, then the Lord says, and the Lord then closed her womb. But it says here, she was barren and she had no child. Abraham was known as a man who believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness because of his belief, even before the promise. You know something that pleases God is when you say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you're going to do it because you said so. The problem before. Now, Sarah and Abraham got into trouble when they tried to help God out. Do you know God don't need your help? Or should I say do not? <laughs> He don't need your help. We try to help God all the time. God, if you just do it this way, everything will work out just fine. (laughs) But the Lord doesn't need your help. Let me quickly go to point number two in Genesis 18, and that is the problem is not too hard for God to solve. That's just the point. The problem is not too hard for God to solve. And the promises are made daily by people, and many people break promises daily. (laughs) You know a lot of promises are made. And then they are broken often. They're just daily, you have promises and they're broken. There's never been a time when God has broken his promise. There's nothing that God promised and then he forgot to fulfill. My dad used to say, God is just slow. <laughs> you pray for things, he, he, he can take forever forever. He's just low. No. God doesn't work on your time frame. Your time, to he just does not do it. <laughs> but the timing is always perfect. Why is that? You see, when the Lord promises something, there are other things that at times have to be arranged and moved out of the way and put in place. Because sometimes we're not ready for something that God is doing. We're not in a place where we can really accept or take in. And so the Lord at times has to do a preparatory work in our life in order to have it. So there we are looking over the fence. Why did they get it and I didn't? Well, the Lord is still waiting on you to surrender. (laughs) And the Lord says, I've got something for you that is only for you. You That's why you shouldn't always be always going after and looking for what another person has. You don't know what happens behind the closed doors of a person. You get this, oh Lord, I don't want this. (laughs) I'll take my little problems, Lord, and go right on. The timing of when God moves to solve a problem, I've often said that there are multiple matters that he has to work out. There are many things and steps that have to be arranged. Do you not know that there is not... For the Christian, a thing that's called luck. We, we don't live by luck or just happenstance. No, when God does something, he orchestrates that you happen to be in the right place at the right time. That you just happen to go through that situation at that time when the accident may have happened. Or you might have just passed by and missed a situation. Whatever the case is, God does things in his timing, but there are things are things that he has to do. He has to orchestrate events in order to give you what he has promised. So just learn to wait on God. Hmm. If we become impatient with God and the timing of God, we may be faced with long-term problems. So Abraham and Sarah decided that God was just taking too long. And they decided, we're going to help God. So there was a famine in the land, and they went to Egypt. And evidently, down at that time, when they were in Egypt, there was a servant named Hagar that they took with them when they left. I can't go through all the story of what happened while they were there, but just jump to this point. There was a uh, servant, evidently, named Hagar that Moses, the Moses, that Abraham and Sarah obtained while there. The promise that God had made that he would bless Sarah was a child, and because he was taken so long, it was customary that if a woman could not have a child, that the maid or the servant could be married to the husband or have a child with the husband, and that child becomes the child of the barren woman or the mistress. Mistress, in this case, miss means the person who was their master or leader. So Sarah said, I haven't had a child yet. God has taken too long. He must have forgotten Take my servant Hagar and have a child. Have a child with Hagar. And that child will become my child. Well, when Hagar found that she had gotten pregnant, she got proud. And said, look at me, Sarah. <laughs> and began to tease her mistress. And guess what happened? We have somebody's phone going off. Oh, that's okay. That's what I say. Okay, So we have (laughs) Hagar, who has a child, who now has become proud. We have Sarah that goes to Abraham, look at what you've done. What what did I do? You were the one who told me to have a child with Hagar. Get her out of here. That's what she said. Well, in this particular situation... Because that child came from Abraham, the Lord says, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. Listen to your wife. Send her away. Because he's your child, I'm going to bless him as well. He's sent away. Abraham was 86 years old when he had Ishmael. The Lord says, Sarah is still going to have a child. Sarah by this time says, it's not going to happen. Let me say this. God can take a mess that we create. Boy, I've created a bunch of messes before. You have to. Don't look at me strange. You don't 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 look at me strange like I'm no. And he can take it and still work out the details for his glory and our good. No matter what it might be. In time, when we get to the next part, you'll see another phase that happens. You see, when Abraham and Sarah tried to help God, all they did, they exacerbated the problem. But it did not change what God had already promised. Please understand that. God is a loving, forgiving God, and what he's promised, he still can do. Even when we might royally blow it, he still can work it out. So, the problem is not too hard for God to solve, even when Abraham and Sarah tried to fix it themselves. The Lord said, that's not what I said I was going to do. Point number three. The promise fulfilled and the problem solved. The promise fulfilled and the problem solved. In chapter 21, we have what's called a theophany. Some might even say a Christophany. Theos means God. Ophany means to reveal, to show. So it is a time when the Lord shows himself in such a way where he comes on the scene. A theophany such as when the Lord appeared in the burning bush with Moses on Mount Sinai in that bush that was on fire but was not consumed. It was a theophany where God showed up in an object. Here we have in Genesis 21 where the Bible says that, I believe it was in memory that, that Abraham was, and the Lord and two of his angels, it says there were three visitors. And this event is when the Lord is on his way down to Sodom and Gomorrah. He comes by Abraham's, and he now confirms the promise that I made to you 25 years ago I'm about to fulfill. And Sarah is in the tent listening and laughs. Have some of you been behind the curtain listening to a conversation? Sarah laughs and said, man, it just ain't going to happen. <laughs> and the Lord says, by this time next year, Sarah's going to have a child. He had already promised now he says, I'm about to fulfill what I said. And Sarah is behind the tent, listening and laughing. The Lord says, hey, why, why did Sarah laugh? Said, Uh-oh. He said, I didn't laugh. The Lord said, yes, you did. <laughs> you ever had your parents to say, you said yeah, I didn't do it? They said, yes, you did. You got that look on your face. <laughs> Let me say this. Giving birth has been given exclusively to women. Let me say that again. Giving birth has been given exclusively to women. The way that God has set up his creation is that he has determined the sexes before time. In other words, and I say before time, in other words, in his own divine working out. He knew, but as always... I'm not talking about androgyny where some things may go wrong, but male and female. In our society today, we have come up with various iterations of what is considered to be male and female. There's only two sexes. And what the Lord has done in time is that he has given this role of bearing children to mothers or to women. And so when the Lord says to Abraham that Sarah is going to have a child, in other words, The way that I created her, I'm going to now go and I'm going to move beyond what I have set in place to keep her from having. I'm going to undo it so that she now has a child. Get this. She's in menopause and past. She was already barren and she's old. The Lord says, I'm going to do all of it. There had to be multiple miracles that God was doing in order to accomplish his will. God will move heaven and earth to complete what he said he will do in your life. Some of us have to stop, stop worrying to the point of pulling out our hair. I ain't got no hair, but pulling out our hair. <laughs> worrying when God has already promised he's going to do it. What God promises, he is more than capable of doing and delivering. Time really should help us. Not to fret, but time should really help us to be able to trust God more. And we should be rubbing our hands. God, you're taking a long time. What do you have in store? It should help to motivate us to trust him more because we've had to now wait. Because oftentimes waiting also comes with a blessing. Do you realize that? Your waiting is rewarded. You see, we only see the prize as the reward. No. Your trust in God deepens. Your belief that God can do anything deepens. So that when God says the next time, this is what I'm going to do, you perk up and say, Lord, I know you can do what you said you would do. <laughs> he has to prepare Sarah's body to be ready for this child. And now that same word that is used for laughter, where it meant where she didn't believe, that same word is used now in the sense to where, for the meaning, is joy. The Lord has a sense of humor. His humor. When Abraham and Sarah laughed at the prospect of having a child, laughter, the Lord said, now you're going to call him Isaac, which means laughter. (laughs) That's what Isaac means, laughter. God says, okay. And he does that through all scripture. You look at what God does, he says, fine. Now you're going to name your child this too. (laughs) You don't have to steal God's blessings. Give me two minutes and I'm done. Brother Kevin, if we can get ready for the flowers and the mints. You don't have to steal what God has already promised you. When we were kids, we used to go steal Mr. Morgan's plums. (laughs) We broke down the back of his fence, me and Keith. Derek, were you there? (laughs) Not me. I think we gave some of them to you, no. Uh, we used to go, and one day, Mr. Morgan, he came over and knocked on the back door. Now, we had just two minutes ago stolen some plums. And Mr. Morgan came over with a bag in his hand, full of plums, and said, You don't have to steal them. If you want them, just ask. <laughs> And here I'm in, a little kid, and i 'm just like so ashamed as he has this big bag of plums i didn 't say you can keep us to thank you. <laughs> I remember that to this day where he brought something to us after we had been taken, but there was i don 't know why it's so so stolen fruit is is good, but plums, but Mr. Morgan did, and do you not know? That it helped us to slow down in stealing from him. You get that right. It helped us to slow down. <laughs> but this is what God does. He says, you don't have to steal something that I've already have been wanting to do for you. Mothers, whatever it is that God is doing in your life, whether it's a child or whether, whatever it might be, whatever that mountain might be, God says, I can take care of it. I can keep my promises to you. You don't have to fret. No, don't worry about the time. I'm going to reward you for the time as well. Just trust me to carry it out. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you.